92.7 WMAY. Patrick and for Mike this morning. He's back tomorrow. We are pleased to be joined now by Brad Moss. He's a national security attorney based in Washington. He's an Illinois boy, though, uh, fellow uh, Bears fan. So, uh, uh, Brad, uh, good morning. Glad to have you. Uh, welcome back to the airwaves of your home state. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Donald Trump, uh, if we must. Uh, there are so many cases in court right now that I'm having a hard time keeping track of them. So, so simply for a, a child like me, uh, what's the most important thing to be watching right now? Sure. And good morning, everyone. So the biggest thing that co- coming up even just this week is that there are a set of hearings on Thursday and in particular in Manhattan in what was the hush money case involving Stormy Daniels, there is a major set of motions to be decided. If the uh, motions that Donald Trump has filed to throw that case out fail, that one will almost certainly be going to trial in March. Right now it's set for March 25th, which means that although it was supposed to be the election case, it would be the hush money case. That would be the first one that would have Donald Trump going on trial and scrambling the entire political uh, arena right now. How um, how does the Fourteenth Amendment case play out um, with the Supreme Court? Obviously, the uh, the Illinois ballot issue is out there. Uh, I think they're probably going to be guided by the the Supreme Court. It it sounded at least from what I heard of of the arguments at the Supreme Court last week that it seems unlikely uh, that, that Trump gets disqualified from the ballot. Uh, what do you expect and, and what does it mean? Yeah, I think everybody who heard those arguments got the sense that the court was looking for an off ramp. They were looking for a way to let him remain on the ballot without having to get into the details, you know, the nitty-gritty details of whether or not it actually was an insurrection uh, whether or not he engaged in it, they don't need. They don't feel the need to touch that. But if they can find an off ramp, they'll use it. And I think that's what they found in that discussion about whether or not these individual states can do this on their own without separate congressional authorization. I actually personally don't agree with that particular legal theory, but I think that's where the uh, the court was trending at this moment. And if, in fact, that's what they conclude, if they reject the uh, lower courts and they put them back on the ballot. It just takes a a political headache off everybody's shoulders at the moment, because if they affirm the Colorado decision, we will have complete chaos. And I have no idea how the election will take place. Well, I mean, then essentially everybody has to follow uh, that that Supreme Court ruling. And then you've got a Republican nominee who's ineligible for the ballot. And it's just. I don't even want to think about it, it. yeah, it would it would be chaos. I mean, as as much as I would love to see him disqualified from the ballot based off what happened on January sixth, I just have issues with it being used in this particular way when he wasn't wasn't indicted or prosecuted under that particular crime. Yeah, so I mean I that's, that's the thing. Be, like he hasn't yeah, been yeah. convicted. That's my that's my biggest issue here is that Correct. that feels like the insurrect. I mean, that was written for for the Civil War. That's not written Correct. for for a guy who gave a speech before some people got rowdy. Yeah, and I mean, that, I think that was one of the biggest issues, uh, especially was, you know, the Justice Department, they did, obviously they have indicted him, of course, tied to January 6th, 
but it wasn't. They didn't bring a charge of insurrection. If they had, that may have been a different issue. Especially if you're already being convicted, that would even be a bigger one. Um, I think even Trump's lawyers mentioned that uh, that that would have kind of you know been the entire case if he had already been convicted of engaging in insurrection. But he hasn't been. He's you know as much as I think so these cases were brought in good faith, particularly the Colorado one with a bunch of Republican voters bringing the case. I just don't think this was the proper process. I think the criminal cases should go forward as they are, and then the voters get to decide, do we, if he is convicted, do we want to put a convicted criminal in the White House? Our, our pal Brad Moss is a national security attorney uh, based in Washington. Uh, you'll see him on your uh, cable news outlets all the time. Uh, appreciate you taking a few time, a few minutes this morning. The, uh, the Georgia case um, – this this is is I, I've always thought the Georgia case was the most damning one, uh, but the prosecutor seems to be kind of stepping in it here. What's going on down there? Yeah, talk about an unforced error by Fonnie Wells, because, yes, the Georgia case was always the most dangerous for Donald Trump, because unlike the two federal cases, there's nothing he could do about the Georgia case if reelected. He has no power to pardon himself on state crimes. The Georgia governor doesn't even have power to do anything in Georgia. It's all handled by a commission. So there'd be no way to stop him or stop the process and stop uh, him from having to possibly go to jail. But what Fonnie Willis is being faced with right now is a question of whether or not she broke Georgia rules and uh, Georgia laws with respect to her relationship with one of the prosecutors on her team. Uh, specifically, the judge uh, in that case already held an initial hearing on it, and there's going to be a two-day evidentiary hearing starting tomorrow. Specifically, there's a question of whether or not there was um, improper financial incentives uh, tied to the relationship, whether or not she benefited improperly by virtue of hiring this person, who, of course, then earned a salary off the contract, and then who took her on a vacation. I personally do not believe that the motion will succeed. I think she will be remain. I think she'll remain on the case. I think the disqualification fails, but it's a political headache for her. And Donald Trump is really good at this. It's going to be Fannie Willis and her lover for the next six to nine months when it comes to that case. And and Brad, before we let you go, something that's in your wheelhouse is the the classified document issues, uh, both for Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, Maybe simply start here. What's the difference between the two cases? So the biggest issue, the reason that Trump got indicted on the documents, the reason that Joe Biden, even if he wasn't president, and there wasn't that restriction on indicting a sitting president, the reason he wasn't prosecuted is the issue of obstruction. By as just a matter of practice, the Justice Department does not bring criminal cases when someone has willfully retained uh, national defense information absent proof of a separate obstructive act. They could. They always, of course, can bring that case, but just as a matter of policy, they choose not to do so unless there's some separate obstructive act. So with Donald Trump, where he got in trouble, was he gets told you have these documents, we need them back, and he started playing games with the Justice Department. According to the indictment, he's got Walt Dada moving boxes. According to the indictment, he's got Nauda and D'Olivera trying to erase surveillance footage. That's what got him in trouble. Biden, whatever you want to think of the fact that he had these documents, which he shouldn't have, returned them when asked. That's why he didn't get in trouble. How bad 
does this get for Trump before November? I mean, obviously, when you've got multiple indictments, multiple cases, E. Jean Carroll, et cetera, out there, not to mention trying to run a national campaign. I mean, what's the re, uh, what's the realistic possibility Donald Trump is tried and convicted of some crime this year? I think there's a decent chance he is put on trial and likely convicted in at least one, if not two, of the cases. Um, unless something happens tomorrow in Manhattan that gets that case thrown out, I think that goes forward in March, and he'll almost certainly be convicted on that one. So I think a lot of people sort of expect uh, the public to sort of wave that one off um, as you know just being too petty. Um, the documents case and the D.C. Uh, election case are the ones where they should make it to trial before the election, but there are complicating factors with, with the election case. We're waiting on the immunity appeal to be resolved. In Florida, there's been lengthy delays fighting over classified documents. We don't know when Judge Cannon is going to actually get that one to trial, if at all, before the election. So we don't know for certain how much will have been resolved before Election Day. The public might have a clear picture of what he's been convicted of. They might not know for certain, but it's going to be a wild nine months. It's almost like Republicans could avoid the headache and nominate someone else. Imagine yeah, that. Yeah, they could, and Democrats probably could have avoided some of their headaches had they nominated somebody else. But this is the political reality we're facing. We've got our rematch of all rematches, Yay. and the public's going to decide what they want. Brad Moss, National Security Attorney, Illinois native, uh, on Twitter, at Brad Moss ESQ. Brad, thanks so much for the time, my friend. Not a problem. Have a good morning, everyone. 30 degrees as we approach 7 o'clock here on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's Morning News.